0: Kentucky Girl, Chapter 9, Part 2 The next morning she awoke with anticipation that her trial could be nearing an end. She reached into her pouch and then had a quick breakfast, saying to herself, I'll get water at the creek. Noting the direction of the rising sun, she surveyed the area carefully for any human movement as was her usual start of the day and then began her trek eastward, and hopefully homeward bound. She quelled the excitement rising in her breast, and bent her thoughts and attention to the trail. About two hours into the day, she recognized a change in the trees that grew along the creek. The creek, is this the right creek? I know, I'll be able to determine this if I turn north, and find broken twigs that I had made, hoping to leave a trail. And yes, she saw one broken twig and her heart leaped for joy. She was so excited she did a little jig, but quickly told herself, one little broken twig is not proof. So she continued north and then discovered another broken twig. This then really set her heart racing, and she quickened her pace to almost a run, but then told herself, this is not the time to trip and break a leg, not after all I've been through." so she forced calmness on herself and continued following the creek north. Then she came upon the place the heathen had jumped her, and tears welled up to almost blind her. A little bit further on, she was in her own field and could see her own cabin, and there was Clem. Clem, she shouted, Clem, it's me. She was running toward him and saw him raising his guns and shouting, Clem, it's me, Rachel. She heard the gun go off and saw the smoke coming out of the barrel. A bit earlier, Clem had been feeding the mule. He was still despondent and didn't really care if the mule ate or not. With Rachel gone, life had no meaning and he didn't care if he either he or the mule ate. He had done all he could to track her after finding out what the Indian done at the creek. Again, as it had happened many times before, his emotion of loss overwhelmed him. He heard Bozo's excited bark and looked to see him running toward an Indian in the field. An Indian! He grabbed his gun and quickly sighted on the running Indian. Clem! That Indian knew his name. As he was squeezing the trigger, the thought flashed in his mind that that's Rachel's voice. His left arm holding the rifle pushed up a fraction and the bullet went into the trees. Rachel's voice! Rachel's voice, Bozo is yiping, (coughs) happily not barking, Rachel's voice, that Indian is Rachel. Clem dropped his gun and began running toward the Indian, screaming, Rachel, Rachel, is that you? Clem, it's me, it's me. They smashed into each other's arms almost at a dead run, hugging, crying, and questioning all at the same time. Clem said, I can't believe it's really you. What happened? No, don't talk now. Just kiss me, hug me, pinch me. Oh, Lord, thank you. While Clem was babbling, Rachel was saying at the same time, Clem, it was horrible. He had a noose around my neck. I didn't think I would ever see you again. How could either could understand what the other one was saying is just a language of love. They stood talking this way while Bozo was jumping all over Rachel, licking her hand, happy that she was back. Eventually, all three started walking toward the cabin. When they were almost there, Clem put his fingers to his lips, gave out a shrill whistle. Bert, Tan, Nat, Betsy, Nancy, come quick, the impossible just happened. He picked Rachel up, Indian garb and all, and was doing a happy jig when the other four burst out. Women were screaming, Rachel, Rachel. Bert was saying, I'll be horn-swoggled. And Dan was saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. Clem put Rachel down and all six were talking at the same time. Rachel held up her hand for quiet and said, let me have time with my husband and baby and then we'll get together and I will tell you the horrible story. With that, they bowed their heads, thanked the Lord for Rachel's return, and then each couple went into their own cabin. When Rachel and Clem were alone with their baby in in their own cabin, they kept hugging each other and Clem kept repeating over and over, I can't believe you're really back. Rachel was saying, Oh Clem, he was really horrible. He had the noose around my neck and treated me like a dog. My hands and feet were tied and I couldn't do anything. I tried breaking twigs to leave a trail, but he would tie me to a tree and then would go back and clear the trail. I tried chewing the thongs Ra had thongs into, but he caught it and punished me by hitting me with his fist. He was taking me back to his Indian village and I felt so hopeless, but I watched him carefully to see if he made a mistake. Finally, one night after a hard day of travel, he had the noose around my neck and tied the other end to his hand to feel if I moved. He then made me lie down next to him so that he could tell if I tried chewing the thong in two. I listened to him carefully, and when he fell asleep, I was able to keep slack in the rawhide he was holding and did the only thing I could think of by sinking my teeth into his windpipe. He became a wild man and thrashed about to get his legs under me and pushed me away. I was desperate and I kept my mouth clamped on his throat. Oh, Clem, when I saw him lying there so quiet, I could still taste his throat and then I threw up. A wave of nausea came over me and yet I felt free. Somehow I felt your arms around me, which gave me the strength to carry on, Clem. I can't say any more right now, let me rest and I'll tell you the rest later. Right now just hug me and keep me close. I will say one more thing, and that is, I knew the Lord was with me and I felt a sense of calm come over me. Clem had tears running down his cheek. Rachel you're home now and I will never ever let you out of my sight again. When at first I lost you, I felt my life was over, but I continued praying to the Lord to protect you wherever you were. Honey, you are a very strong woman, and I admire you very much, but I see you're beat, so let's get a bite to eat and go to bed and get some rest. Tomorrow, we will face the world again. Time then to fill in the details. Rachel was holding her baby in her arms and was looking to be sure that all was all right. So the two lovebirds with their arms around each other went to bed and let sleep repair their being. Even Bozo, after listening to their voice, drifted off to sleep knowing that his mistress was home again. (laughs) morning sun rose and saw these two fixing breakfast and constantly touching each other as to ensure themselves that the other was real. Breakfast being over, they went outside and called to their friends. Betsy, Nancy, Bert, and Dan were already up and anxiously awaiting the call from Rachel. Both Betsy and Nancy had tucked their babies in their cribs and put them to sleep. All four ran to meet. Rachel and Clem. The women were hugging Rachel and crying. They were breathless with asking questions of her. Rachel also had tears streaming down her face, so glad to be with her friends again. Bert and Dan were pounding on Clem's back and were trying to hug all three women at once. Finally, Rachel said, let's all go in and sit down and I will try and tell you what happened without crying because I was sure that I would never see you all again. With that, they all went in Rachel's cabin and Rachel emotionally told them about the heathen capturing her. Fury rose up in her as she was telling about her treatment so that Rachel's body was visibly shaking. Clem's arm went instantly around her to give her support. The cabin was deathly quiet. Rachel shook her head and quieted her breathing to get it under control. Nancy squeezed between Clem and Rachel while Betsy got on her other side and both women hugged Rachel, saying in their ears how sorry they were about her ordeal. Rachel having got her emotion under control, started explaining how the heathen had wrapped raw hat around her neck and treated her like a dog. She quickly explained how the Indian had trailed south and suddenly turned west, leaving a false trail to the south. Clem, bert and dan all muttered that's why we lost the trail rachel continued explaining her ordeal west but came up short when it came time to explain how she escaped from him clem tried to help her by saying do it rachel you make me proud rachel then said that night he tied my hands to my side and my feet to a log and made the raw hide around my throat but held the other end in his hands. He made me lie down next to him so he could tell if I moved. He must have been tired and slept hard. He lay on his back with his face to the sky. Since he treated me like a dog, I acted like one and used my mouth to cut off his wind. After that, it was just a matter of retracing my way back east. Betsy said, girl, you did not did only what you could do. I love you and I'm proud to be your friend. Nancy said, that's not easy to kill somebody like that. I don't think I could have done it, but I'm glad you did. The rest of the day was spent in catching each other up to the current events. Clem and the men gave Rachel a kind of status report on the farms while Betsy and Nancy explained the happenings at the Boonesboro Medical Clinic.